Welcome to the Making Headway Podcast, a podcast for brain injury survivors by brain injury survivors, providing resources and camaraderie for anyone recovering from any type of brain injury, with your hosts, Aaron Martin and Mariah Morgan. Welcome back to the new season of Making Headway Podcast. Today, you are uh, blessed, maybe, cursed, I'm not sure, <laughs> to just have me, Aaron, as the host. And I am very, very excited to be back and doing this again. Um, We had a nice time off and life, you know, lots of things happened in life and there were many reasons why we needed a little bit of a break. Um, We listened to our bodies and we did what we practiced, what we preached really um, by taking some time off. So now we're back and ready to go at it in 2022. 2022. I have a cold, so I sound awful, but you guys will just have to deal with it. Fortunately though, you're not going to listen to me chat the whole time. I have Sarah Howe with me who you guys might remember from season one. Um, She's a brain injury survivor after a car accident. I can remember she was getting a dress for a frat party, I think. Yes. That kind of reminds me, I don't know if you've been watching, if you watch Sex Sex Lives of College Girls on HBO. I haven't seen it. Ah, it's so good. If you were at all that girl that kind of discovered yourself in college, and went to the frat parties, you will be so nostalgic. I watch it every day and I'm like, geez, I wish I could go back being the confident version of myself now and have fun in college again. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Sarah is joining us today. Um, She is a newly certified health coach. Um, You might remember from the last episode, she's also an occupational therapy assistant and she's a personal trainer. So I have no freaking idea how she has time for all of this, but um, we're here to chat again. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be back and excited for the new season. Yeah, me too. I think, you know, good things are coming. Yeah, for Um, sure. So Sarah, let's just jump right in. Um, We were chatting a little bit before the show. Um, When you talked to us last, you were not a health coach yet. You were studying for that test. So let's just kind of jump into where you're at brain injury and fitness wise. Sure. Um, Business wise. Yes. (laughs) I, um, so yeah, I was, I think still studying last time we spoke, like you said, um, to be a health coach and I am certified now and I'm actually launching my website January 1st. Um, so I'm really excited about that. It's just, it's, um, through Squarespace. It's just my name, sarahtuckerhow.com. Um, so it will just kind of showcase, um, about me. I'm going to have a blog area on there where I make blog posts every once in a while about fitness related things, um, health related things. And then it has all the services I'm going to provide. So that's going to be health coaching and then health coaching and personal training, or, um, I can make workouts for you, um, just to email them to you if you're not local in Nashville. Um, So those are the main services that I will provide. And I've already taken on a couple of clients before the launch. Um, So just to give you an idea of maybe what a client would look like, um, my my one client that I've already started with, she is a mom to a two-year-old and is just kind of not really putting herself first anymore. Um, like I think a lot of moms or women in general do, um, women in general, right? Like we're trained to care for everybody else. Correct. Yes. And I don't really know. 
how that starts. Maybe a lot of us see our own moms do it. And so then we think that that's how we're supposed to live our lives. So I'm kind of just helping her be able to remember to put herself first, because if you don't fill your own cup, you can't fill anyone else's or help anyone else fully. Um, So true. There's a kid's book about that. I'll put the link in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Filling your own cup. Yeah, Yeah. it's so true. And my my mom actually says that now. She's like, don't forget to fill your own cup, you know, because I have always been somebody that's putting other people first. And I'm just learning now in my 34th year of life to put myself first. (laughs) So, um, yeah. I think if we want to go really deep into that, like women... Gender norming is like a huge issue, Mm -hmm, I think, mm -hmm. because we teach men that they can't have feelings and we teach women that they can't care for themselves. Yes. So, yeah, you're you're like bubbling in this. Um, Yeah, I I, I just think if we could address that and we could stop doing that, we're going to make our kids so much better and so much better prepared for the world. I think you're totally right. And I think that it begins with us and being able to do that within ourselves to be able to teach our kids to do it too. Because even what I've realized kind of in post brain injury situation, you know, for, for a while I was really depressed and I was okay with sitting in that. And then I, I wasn't, and I was almost on the other spectrum and I was only letting myself be happy. And then I wasn't comfortable with other people being sad. And so I think until you work on yourself being comfortable with all the emotions, you're not going to be comfortable with other people feeling that. So what I mean is like, you know, I don't have children, but let's say I I did and my daughter was really upset and I just went straight to fixing it, soothing, soothing, soothing. Then you're teaching her to not be comfortable in her sadness. Like it's okay to be sad. It's okay to have these emotions and... Yes. You know, and I, I think that's where yeah, you're not. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I hate to cut you off. No, you're fine. DD brain wants to jump this. You're right fine. Um, <laughs> so I'm, what I'm hearing you say is that you're basically teaching your child that they, A, shouldn't feel and B, that they need someone else to fix it for them. Yes. Yes. And it's huge because we need to self-soothe. We need to be this knight in shining armor. No, because then we get into relationships where we rely on other people to fill these needs that we should be able to fill for ourselves. And then that, you know, snowballs and snowballs and snowballs. So I I don't remember where I heard this, but basically, instead of trying to fix your child's problems, get in there and walk beside them with it you know, walk, walk with them instead of trying to pull them out of whatever they're going through. And this could be even in a relationship or a friendship or a marriage, you know, it doesn't have to be with your child, but even, even in adult relationships, sometimes I see that happening too. You know, if you come home and your husband or wife or whoever is upset, you want to fix it, but that's not our responsibility. So, and I think too, like to frame a relationship around fixing somebody else. Um, first of all, that's super de- detrimental. 
And I think a lot of women do that. They get into bad relationships with people they know they shouldn't be with Mm -hmm. because they want to fix them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that you can't fix somebody else. No, no, exactly. And I think the, the best thing you can do is fix yourself and then lead by example and show them what it's like to have a full range of emotions and use feeling words and all of that. Um, so then they can feel comfortable with that too, because unless you're modeling it, they're not going to, they're not going to do it either, you know? So. Absolutely. If you or someone, you know, is struggling to recover after brain injury, like a stroke, take a free online assessment at modusnova.com forward slash making headway to see if their robots can help boost your recovery. If you are struggling with stroke recovery, take the free online assessment at modusnova.com forward slash making headway to learn if Modus can help you recover. Now, is this yeah. a skill you learned at onsite? We were talking about that a bit. Yes, so actually, yes. Um, so onsite, I went to onsite in September of this year. Um, onsite is a place. Are you explaining what it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's called onsite workshops. It is in Tennessee. It's in Cumberland Furnace, Tennessee. It's about an hour outside of Nashville. Um, I don't know that I like going to a place that's called Furnace. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Really. <laughs> small, really small town, uh, but it's beautiful. Um, there are cabins and it's just on acres of land. There's horses. It's, it's a beautiful location. So when you pull up, you just feel relaxed. But, um, anyway, I went to their living center program. So it's, I believe it was six night, five days, six nights. Um, and it's a place that you go if you're just kind of feeling off and you want to get back to feeling centered in your life. So it could be from a large event or it could be from just kind of feeling off, um, which for me, it wasn't a huge event. I just kind of felt like, well, something's just not really right, you know? Um, so you go and there were about 50 people when I went, um, and you're in a cabin. You either have Do you go by yourself. Yes. Um, I went by myself. Yeah. So you either have one or two roommates. Um, when you go, you turn your cell phone off and you turn it in. So you don't have your phone for the whole time which that sounds anxiety provoking. Yes. I was about to say in 2021, um, every, you know, we're attached to our phones. We probably don't go 30 minutes without looking at them. Um, so when I first turned my phone off, I had that, Oh my gosh, anxiety. Um, but by, yes, but by the end of the week, I didn't want it back. I felt so much more relaxed. I didn't realize how much the phone kind of brings up anxiety because if you think about it, your brain has, you know, a lot of tabs that are open. And when your phone, you're looking at your phone, it's tab, 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 tab. It just amplifies. And so when it's off, it's just you and your thoughts and your mind and not everyone else's. So anyway, you turn your, you turn your phone in and then you go to the cabin. Um, I was the first one there, um, in my cabin. So I just kind of went and I just sat on my bed and I was like, OK, 
hey, well, what do I do now? Because Did you, is it like when you go to summer camp and you like rush in to find the yeah. bed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Blame it for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, hmm, which bed do I want? Yeah, I was like, first one. Uh-huh. So, uh, <laughs> so I went and I sat there, and then um, I had two roommates. So you have one or two roommates. They had both been to onsite before, which was kind of cool because I was like, oh, okay, this works, and they want more of whatever this offers. So that was cool. Um, so then you have, you're split into groups and you're with the same group doing all of the work throughout the week. And I'll explain what that means in a second. But in my group, there were six people, including me, it was three men and three women, which was cool to see that, um, it's not just a place for women. Cause a lot of, like we were talking about earlier, feeling your feelings is quote unquote, just for women, which is not true. A lot of men were at this, which was really cool to wow. see. Yes. Um, yeah, I would not picture men being at this place. Yeah. Yeah. And it, this really makes it sound like a nine, what was the name of the show? Nine, perfect nine, strangers, perfect strangers. Nine, nine yeah. strangers. Yeah. 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 I don't know if it was perfect. I think it was nine <laughs> strangers or something. Okay. But yeah, that show. Was yes. Cool. <laughs> yes. It was not quite like that, Netflix. but I think it was Hulu. I think you're right. I think it's Hulu. Okay. Um, But so you are in these groups and every morning you have breakfast and then the whole group of 50 people has a group meditation. And then you have a two to three hour lecture over um, certain topics, you know, how trauma is stored in the body. How is that being brain injured? Um, it's long. You, you get, you get breaks. It's not solid. Um, so you like can, and you can go to the bathroom anytime you want. It's not solid sitting for that long. Cause that would be a lot. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. I cut you off. That's okay. The lectures, um, there were a bunch of different topics, but, um, the ones I can remember off of top of my head right now, um, how trauma is stored in the body, um, childhood trauma, boundaries, codependency, um, all of those major topics and then you break up into your small groups and this is when you have the experiential therapy so it's not like your typical talk therapy where you're sitting there talking to a therapist there is one therapist in the room um, and they're flown in from all of, around the country so they're like world-renowned therapists my my therapist was her name was Mary and she was 77 years old and she was amazing she was so so good um, she was from Florida but anyway, so you go through and you have and there's no mushrooms or LSD. No mushrooms or LSD. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. None of that. that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't have alcohol or anything on the premises. So just water. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, but, um, so it's all experiential therapy. So you, um, you know, the, the first day we had to draw, um, and explain our drawing. It was, we drew our safe space as a child and explained what that was, why we felt safe. It was hard. It was, it this was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, like we were talking about before we started recording, I cried every single day and I'm someone that used to think crying was weak and you, you shouldn't cry. Um, and I realized that crying is very necessary and it's not weak at all. Um, and are you the oldest in your family? I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest. You're the youngest Mm -hmm. of two. I'm the baby of two. Oh, so you had to, yeah, you always had to like Mm -hmm. show yourself like Mm -hmm. I'm not a baby. I'm I'm not a baby. And I always tried to 
save everybody and it's okay everyone be happy See, i'm the oldest okay so i was always trying to save everyone yeah like conduit between my parents and the little kids yeah i was yeah. like pseudo mom yeah but I, I valued not having emotion exactly that was a big yeah. part because i had to be strong for my siblings yes it's it's crazy what yeah. we what we um the roles that we take as a child but um right so you work through a lot of the childhood trauma and um you know, going to onsite, I thought, oh, I don't, I don't have very much trauma. I mean, my car accident was trauma. That's probably about it. And I, I realized that going, every single person experiences trauma in their life. It's just part of being a human being. Um, from big, big T trauma, you know, car accident, divorce, things like that, to little T trauma, the kid in third grade making fun of you on the playground. You know, everything matters and everything impacts you and your body remembers it. Um, and so during the program, it is, it is during the, during the program, you work through all of that. So it's called, um, psychodrama. So I had never heard of that before I went to onsite, but basically it's, yeah, a, that sounds horrible. It I sounds like in psycho. You psycho yeah. In front of it. Yeah. You sound like you're going to be crazy. <laughs> it sounds like a crazy it, it sounds like a crazy thing, which it, it was kind of crazy. Not, uh -huh. it was kind of crazy to experience, but it was, um, the only thing that I feel like could really release the trauma from your body is going through this experience. I'm sure there are other ways, but this was a very direct, quick way to release it all. But it's kind of like a, a role play situation. So um, there was one day where I had to you um, work through your inner child situation, things that happened when you were a child. So you role play a situation that maybe was hard for you as a child and that um, you play your inner child and then you pick other people in the group to play members of your family and then you role reverse and you repeat the things that you said to each other. So you become That's different so roles in your family. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it awkward. So I when she when the therapist was explaining what we were going to do, I was like, are you serious? This is, this is about to happen, but I hate role playing. <laughs> yeah. But I think for whatever reason, I think because everyone there is coming to really work on themselves and be vulnerable and not judge each other. And it felt really safe. Um, it was the, probably the safest I've felt in a, in a new environment in my life. So I think that, um, and I think that the Mary, my therapist there did a really good job of that. The first day she asked everybody, she said, what do you need to feel safe in this room? Um, and so we literally made a list on the wall of things that we need to need to do to feel safe. Um, so I think that was a big part. Um, and every human just wants to be seen and heard and loved for who they are. And I think that is what I felt at onsite. Um, so yeah, it was an incredible, incredible experience and it's hard to kind of explain exactly what goes on there. Um, they, at the beginning, they say, just trust the process because there are some days you kind of think, what did I just do? And every day I was exhausted by the end of the day, um, because it's just a lot emotionally. 
Definitely. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine with a brain injured brain, mm-hmm. um, you have that like baseline level of fatigue anyway. Yes. And then you're putting yourself through this. Yes. Um, so it raised a couple thoughts. The yeah. first is that I want to make fun of Joe Borges, who is from the NeuroNerds. He is always telling me you have to trust the process. Trust the process. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point where I want to like squish his little head <laughs> because I'm like, just stop saying that. Yeah. Like, just yeah. Stop. Yeah. Because um, yeah. it sucks. The process really The process sucks. sucks. Yeah. Um, and you get my little cold, raspy voice saying that, but <laughs> it just sucks. It does. Um, it but does. it's so true. You have to trust the process. You will get there. You will get through it. You really you have do. To take it slow. You really do. And there was, um, there was one morning, um, So I require a lot of alone time to recharge and it was hard. That's what I was going to ask you. How did you recharge? So it was hard to um, be able to do that when you have roommates and you're with people all day. And I, um, that's a lot of energy for anybody, especially someone with a brain injury. Um, So I found that the morning early in the morning was the only time that I could be alone. So one morning and I was, um, I also ran a half marathon at the end of October. So I was trying to still kind of train a little bit while I was out there, which I realized that was probably silly. It was five days. I didn't need to do that, but I woke up early (laughs) one morning. This was, um, a really cool thing that happened. So it was still dark out and I didn't have a phone, right? Because you usually use your phone as a flashlight, but they give you little flashlights by your old school alarm clock that they give you because you nice. don't have your phone. <laughs> so I, I g- still have my old school. Yeah, I do too, I actually. <laughs> I do too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hate that noise. I do too. So I got up really early one morning. It was still dark and I went to run around the property and I went all the way to the front. It's a big driveway down to the front. And I look over and I had my flashlight and there was a big spider web and the spider was still spinning its web. And so I just sat there in silence and just watched the spider. I don't know how long, probably 10 minutes, just spinning its web. And when I was sitting there, I kind of paralleled it a lot to life and this spider, so the web had just kind of the outline built, and then the spider was going in to do the little intricate work. But every once in a while, the spider would fall back down, but then it would get back up, and it would fall back down, and it would get back up. So it's kind of like our story is, you know, written a little bit because we're born into certain situations where we're we're into this family that we had no choice being born into, you know, whatever. So those are like the big lines. And then the little lines is kind of your life and your choices and what you want to make of it. And sometimes like the spider, you're going to fall back down, but you're going to get back up and you're going to get back up and it's not going to be perfect because the lines weren't perfect. Right. In the spider web, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't symmetrical, but it was, it was still there. It was being built and it was strong. So that morning I thought, wow, that's, it was just such a powerful image. Um, head? Yeah. That, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. A, that little emoji that you have with the head. Yes. Up, yes. That, that's me right now. Yeah. Um, but then my child mind is also saying, please tell me at the end of this, it wrote some pick 
Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> I love Charlotte's Web. <laughs> Me too. Um, but yeah. So deep though. That I yeah. That. Yeah. It was super special. And then basically just wrapping up the on-site stuff you so when you go also you don't tell anyone your last name or what you do for a living so you get to know people for who you are instead of what you do I I I like to say we're we're human beings we're not human doings so yes that's what my life coach says yes so it was cool and then and then the last night you get to tell people your last name what you do for a living it's kind of fun we we guessed what each other did for a living um so right um on some people and people did guess that I was a personal trainer which was funny um so and then you look fit well thank you if you're not then you're just a superhuman yeah (laughs) but yeah it was probably that too it was um it was a an amazing experience and i think any anybody can benefit from it like i said you know everyone experiences trauma and um it was an awesome awesome experience um on-site workshops i believe you go to on-site I'm sorry. Did you go to onsite after you became a health coach or before? Um, it was, I was technically certified already, but I had, I had not begun seeing clients. Um, so it was before. Okay. Yeah. I can see that as being very instrumental in building yourself up to be able to support others. Yes. Yeah. I think it definitely will be. I learned so much in that short amount of time that I feel like I can, I can help other people. And I, I think I interrupted a plug you were going to do. Oh, I was just going to say, say um, on-site workshops, I believe, is their Instagram handle. Um, and you can go to their website and see. They also offer some online um, programs if you're not able to physically go to, you know, an actual program. Um, so you can look at some of the online offerings they have, too. Awesome. How was it with COVID? Um, yeah, we did. We had to wear masks um, all the time, except for when we were outside. So since it was a nice weather, it was in the fall, sometimes during the group work, if it wasn't, you know, too personal where we needed to be in a room, we could do that outside so we could, you know, space ourselves and take our masks off, which were which was nice. So, Good. yeah. So it wasn't too, I don't know. Like, I, I get worried, like, some of these places aren't going to believe in COVID, and they're going to go completely, like, mm-hmm. off the wall, Florida style. Right. And other places, sorry for all our Floridians, um, <laughs> and other places might have taken it so far that it was uncomfortable because you're, like, in right. quarantining the whole time. Right. And I, I think it was a good balance. You know, they if they said, if, if you're inside, you need to wear a mask. If you were in your room, you didn't have to have a mask on. Um, unless you wanted to, you know, um, so I thought it was a, a good balance. Okay. We'll put all this in our show notes for anyone yeah. who's interested. Are you finding it hard to recover at home after a stroke? Modus Nova makes robotic devices to help folks with a brain injury regain the use of their affected limbs. Recovery after stroke takes thousands of hours of work that isn't all covered in outpatient therapy. Whether you're 10 days or 10 years post-stroke, recovery is still possible. You just need many hours of rehab to make that happen. The Modus hand or foot are AI-powered robotic exoskeletons 
that help users do exercises through the playing of video games, similar to the way an occupational or physical therapist might work with your limb. Recovery after stroke is hard because stroke survivors don't get enough hours of rehab to regain function. Find out if Modus Nova can help you by taking their free online assessment at modusnova.com slash making headway. Modus Nova helps survivors with little or no movement get moving again. They help you get in the repetitions you need to form new neural pathways. Through playing video games, the robotic hand and foot can assist with limb movements to provide a personalized exercise experience. If this sounds like something you want to try, visit modusnova.com slash making headway to learn more. Make sure to use special code making headway when you sign up and get a month free with the 30 day challenge. Visit modusnova.com slash making headway to get started. That's M O T U S N O V A dot com slash making headway. Um, so I think this is a nice segue. You mentioned um, you were training while you were there for a race. Yes. I think I've seen on your Instagram that you've been doing a lot of running and working out. Yes. Um, maybe let's talk a little bit about your personal training because you're sure. a personal trainer. Sure. You have time for all this. Yes. Uh, I don't either sometimes, but I just <laughs> keep going. Um, but I keep trucking along one day at a time. Um, I ran a half marathon at, at the end of October and it was actually actually in San Diego, which was really fun. Um, nice. Yeah, San Diego. I, I live in Nashville for anyone who doesn't remember that, but I, so I was technically originally signed up for the Nashville half marathon spring of 2020. And then it obviously got postponed because of COVID and they finally sent an email and said, if you want to transfer to another city, you can for free, here's a list. And so I told my husband, I said, well, let's make a trip out of it. So it was really fun. We went to San Diego. No, he's not a runner. He's a cyclist. Um, So Uh, he, he would not. Also a great place to cycle. Yes. So beautiful in San Diego. Yes. So beautiful. So I ran the half marathon and I have not run one in 10 years. So it was kind of like starting over. Um, And it was a really good experience. I think that, um, when when I was training, so the one 10 years ago I didn't really train for, I thought, oh, I work out enough, I can just kind of figure it out, which wasn't a good idea. Don't I don't suggest doing that. Um, <laughs> I mean, anyone that thinks that, first of all, is like a beast. Because or crazy. A few half marathons, <laughs> or crazy. Yeah. The, the line is thin between the two. Yeah. Uh, but I've run a few half marathons too, and anyone that thinks they can just go out and run it, like, I don't know what's wrong with them. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I don't know either, but it was, so I actually trained for this one and it was a much better experience. I wasn't, my body wasn't near sore and mentally it was better too, because, you know, doing the training, it's slowly building on each other and it's easier. It's mental. I feel like I, I was about to say that distance is all, it's all mental. And during the half marathon, I felt 
amazing through about mile seven. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm feeling so good. I'm feeling so good. And then it got pretty difficult about mile 10 and mentally 11 and 12 were the hardest because I thought at mile 10, I was like, okay, I have three more miles to go. Um, and then the last mile, it's the longest three miles. And then the last (laughs) mile, I was so excited because I was like, okay, the finish line is so close. Um, and my goal was to do it in under two hours and I met that goal. So it was, um, yeah, it was, it was really cool to, you know, have, something challenging and accomplish it. And it just kind of boosts your self-confidence for all areas of life. Um, so that was really fun. Run over to Coronado. We didn't, we didn't. Did you get to go there? We were there. No, to Coronado, like hotel Dell or anything. I don't think so. That if I could live there, if I had like millions and millions of dollars, <laughs> yeah, I right, would live over on that island, okay, because it would be extremely expensive. Yeah, there's this beautiful hotel, Hotel Del. Um, it's they call it Hotel Del, but I think it's Hotel Del Coronado. Um, and it's right on the beach. Like you can go and have lunch there. Oh just to wow! See it. it has like an indoor carousel. Wow! Old school like horse carousel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Well, I feel so sad for you. I know. Next time we go, we'll have to go back. We did go to the uh, to the zoo, and the zoo was beautiful. Mm, isn't it good? It was I love so good. It was so good. Yeah, it yeah. was it was a fun time. But yeah, so that was um, a challenge for me because I wouldn't call myself a runner. Like it's not something that I do on a regular basis. I kind of did that as a challenge to challenge myself, get out of my comfort zone. Um, to see if I could do it. And I think that that's super important is to get, do things outside of your comfort zone and challenge yourself. Cause we all get so comfortable in just doing what's easy. And if we don't challenge ourselves, I don't think you're really going to change. So it's kind of, you know, and that's, that can go along with personal training too. If you don't challenge yourself and up your weights and things like that, you're not going to see change. You're just going to kind of stay the same, stay stagnant. Um, so I think that's really important to always have a challenge. So I don't know. I'm a nerd. Um, first of all, I love, I'm a healthcare worker, so I really love like evidence-based research. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I follow, um, through Google, you can set like alerts. Okay. I have alerts for stroke. So that I get like all the newest research on stroke because I'm a stroke survivor. Right. Um, an article I got today, which I wish I had had time to send before we started recording to you. Um, but it mentions how um, you are at a very high risk for stroke if you, one hour before your stroke, had worked out at an intensity too hard for you, for you or had a lot of multiple, uh, not multiple, um, had a lot of Uh, emotional stress. So I, before my bleed, had both. Um, I was a nurse during the first wave of COVID. I had just gotten moved back. I had gotten deployed out to the floors and I don't do that. I'm a leader. I hadn't been on the floors for a year. Um, So I was emotionally drained. I came home and I did a really intense kickboxing workout which sounds way more badass than it actually is. I was in the living room punching the air, <laughs> but still I was kickboxing. You were, you were. <laughs> and that's, that's when I had my stroke. My brain literally popped. 
Wow. So they're finding that that a lot of us younger stroke survivors with intracranial hemorrhage, mm-hmm. it's because of those factors. That's what puts us at risk. Wow. Um, that's, that's, that's super interesting. And I think too, um, if people are experiencing a lot of stress in their life, a lot of times, and I think right now it's really popular to do intense and hit workouts and things that are also added stress on your body, right? Your cortisol increases and all of that, your, your stress hormone cortisol, and it's a recipe for disaster. And so, and I think too, if you are super stressed, um, maybe a challenge, you know, I said, make sure your challenge, maybe a challenge for you is going to be actually doing a relaxing exercise, doing yoga, going for a walk that might be challenging for you because you might be in this super high stress, 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 stress. And sometimes we get so obsessed with being stressed and having high cortisol that it's more comfortable staying up there and doing intense exercise when a challenge for you might actually be to relax and do yoga and go for a walk. But that's really what your body needs, you know? Um, So... And we're taught so often to not listen to our bodies. Oh my gosh, yes. We're taught to kind of beat our bodies into submission because Mm -hmm. we all need to be a size zero to two with like rippling arms Mm. and all the muscles in the legs. Mm -mm. And we're not listening to our bodies at all. Oh, and that actually, what you just said reminds me, I actually posted something yesterday on Instagram about looking healthy versus being healthy and how... So many people, especially right now in 2021, you know, think that having abs and cut muscles and all of that means that you're healthy. But I know some of the most outwardly looking fit people are actually super unhealthy on the inside. Um, So you can't really judge a book by its cover. So I like to say, judge a person by its outsides because you never know what's going on on the inside. So that's something else that I'll work with my clients when I'm doing health coaching is all of the things on the inside is what really makes you healthy and feel good. And I like to focus on mindset, mindfulness, and movement, the uh, three M's. Um, So your, your mindset around your life, your exercise, your food choices, whatever mindfulness really, you know, in, in the mornings, I try not to get on my phone for the first hour that I'm awake and that's time for me. That's the only thing I do in the first hour. Yeah. So it's, (laughs) so it's okay. So it's like you being mindful of the choices that you make. And when you wake up thinking, okay, if I get on my phone right now, how is that going to make me feel? All of that is going to be there in an hour. And instead, maybe if I do a 10 minute yoga flow and then read a book that um, has some mantras or affirmations, one of my favorite books, I actually have my stack of books right here that I just read this morning, but it's called Find Your Happy by Shannon Kaiser. Um, and yeah, and they're just daily mantras. It says 365 days of motivation for a happy, peaceful and fulfilling life. Um, I love it. Yeah. They're short. So this one, you know, it's a page, a page. 
Um, yeah, I could do that. Okay. So they're great. I actually have told a lot of my friends about it. And I have one friend that I read to her every morning and she just loves it. So I read one of these to her. Um, but it's just like little things like that, like your mindset, being mindful and incorporating movement, I think are like three foundations to start working on your inside. So then you feel better on the inside, which your outsides will reflect that. But having a certain physique doesn't necessarily mean you're healthy. So that's interesting because I am struggling. Um, right now I'm not in work. I'm back out on short-term disability. Mm -hmm. I have to take a nap like every other hour. Um, yeah, life is kind of falling apart. Yeah. And in that I have not been working out. Right. Um, so I've gained 10 pounds which for me is like unheard of. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people that has been fortunate enough to be the same weight pretty much my whole adult life. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm 10 pounds heavier. And right. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> um, I'm starting to hit menopause because yay, brain injuries cause hormonal changes. Yeah. I'm way too young for it, but I cannot get that stupid 10 pounds off. Yeah. But inside I've done so much work yeah. that I feel like I'm actually healthier. Yes. So I have to get used to having the badonka donk. Yeah. And I think that that's so cool though, that you're able to notice that because a lot of times people will hold on to, Oh, but my body used to look a certain way. My body used to look this, 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 this. Um, when I was 10 pounds lighter, I probably received the most compliments I've ever received, but I was not healthy. I was I didn't have a period. My hair was falling out. I had anxiety. I was restricting some of my favorite food groups, just trying to have a certain size body. And that that's not healthy. And now I have right. energy throughout the day. I have a period. My hair isn't falling out. My relationships are better, you know, all of these things. So it's kind of like you have to weigh the situation. Like, are you going to suffer internally to have a quote unquote good external body that you think is good. Every body is good. It's your perception. Yes. It's your perception. It doesn't, you know what I mean? Um, yes, I do. I don't know. It's I'm the so whole idea of where do you get your validation? Yes. Does your validation come from external sources? Because if it does, you're always going to be striving to be 10 pounds lighter yes. until you're anorexic and almost dead. Correct. Correct. You're so right. It's internal you're so much healthier. Exactly. And, and if, if someone is critical of you because of the 10 pounds that you've gained or however much weight, then they're not really your friend in the first place. Um, you know, I, well, my poor husband, he's always telling me how great I look and I'm just like, no, I feel like my butt feels like it moves on its own right now. Like, I don't like this feeling. Right. And I but thank God for him because he makes me still feel like I'm sexy. Oh, that's <laughs> so good. That's so good. And, yeah, you know, getting, getting used to your new body. And, and that's not saying that maybe when you start to exercise again, or when you have more energy, your body might shift. And I think that's something else too, to make a point on is that our bodies aren't meant to always be the same, right? So there's, there are times in life where you might gain a little weight, you might lose a little weight. You know, it's, I think that if you can start respecting your body instead of always focus on loving your body, 
that's where the shift is because I don't believe that we're going to wake up and look in the mirror and love our external body every day. But I absolutely think that we should respect it because of everything it does for us. Um, so I think that mindset shift, you know, it kind of takes the pressure off of you having a certain body all the time. You know, your, your body is going to change when your life circumstances change and that's okay. So, yeah, I love, love, love that Sarah. And it kind of ties it into what we were talking about earlier about going through our trauma and fixing ourselves on the inside mm -hmm. so that we can be healthier throughout all of life. Yes. You said something super profound before I hit record. You said, I'm important no matter what I'm going through. Yes. Which I think a lot of us have imposter syndrome and we feel like I'm not sick enough to have to put in this energy to fix myself. I'm not brain injured enough to have to do this. Yeah. I'm not unhealthy enough to need to look at my insides. Right. That's, that's just not true. It's not, you're, you're exactly right. It's not true. Yeah. You are important and what you're going through, whatever it is, is valid. And just because Aaron and I are on much different paths during our brain injury recovery right now, doesn't mean that one day when I experience fatigue, that Aaron's fatigue is worse than mine because she has it more often. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just as important and you deserve to do the work on your insides. And then also once you start to fix yourself, you'll realize that it's not your responsibility to fix other people and it's up to them to do their own work. Um, and it takes a lot of the pressure off of yourself and also creating boundaries. I think boundaries are super important. You know, it's uh, our favorite word. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I, um, at onsite, my therapist always said to me, cause I would over explain, well, I did this because of this and this is, and she said, Sarah, no is a complete sentence. I was like, <laughs> Oh, Oh, so I can just say no and not give a, and, and not give a reason. I can say no and not give a reason. And she said, sure you can. Like, yes, giving a reason is fine if you want to do that, but you don't owe anyone a reason. No is a complete sentence. I said, oh, huh. Okay. <laughs> what a new concept. Yeah. For all those grammar nerds out there or for anyone who likes reading, mm -hmm. you're right. It's no yeah. Period. No period. And then if there's a sentence after, great. Yes. Right. Oh, wow. I know. Mind blown. That mind blown emoji. Um, but it's it. That's still a hard one for me to practice because I think I'm so used to giving a reason. But I think when you do practice that, then it gives other people permission to set boundaries too and be comfortable with doing that because if they see you do that they probably think, wow, that's really cool that she can just do that. Maybe I should try that, you know? Wow, um, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, we do need to start wrapping up. Sure. I have one more thing I'd like to touch upon. Okay. Um, actually setting a boundary. Do you have any advice on that? Because that's really hard. So I think I would start small. That's always my... Um, advice to people what, when they're trying to create a new habit or in a new exercise routine or setting a boundary, just start small. So start with someone that you are really comfortable with, maybe your spouse, your boyfriend, your sister, your mother, 
whoever you're comfortable with and create a boundary with them. So let's say maybe for example, you're close with your mom and she is calling you too often. I'm just making this up out of nowhere, but let's say, um, so you're not saying this to your mom. No, mom, <laughs> mom, I know you're going to listen to this and I'm not saying this about you. <laughs> um, but let's just say that that's the, that's the boundary that you're struggling with. And so I would, since I would assume if you have a good relationship with your mom, you really love your mom, you can give your mom a reason why, right? You can say, hey mom, um, instead of calling me three times a day, it really drains my energy and I would love to be able to give my full energy to you when you call me. So can you please call me once a day? That's it. So you're explaining why and then you're telling her what you'd like instead. So it's kind of a give and take, like you still want to talk to her, but three times is a lot once would be good. So you're not cutting her off, but you're kind of letting her know that it's draining you and what would be better for you. And you said it in a really positive way too. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't not want to have a conversation with you. I just want to be fully present so we can have a real conversation. Correct. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I so, love it. So that would be... I actually just, um, Dr. Brene Brown just had this same type of thread on You Can Do Hard Things. Yes. Do you listen to that podcast? I sure do. I listened to that yes, episode yesterday. That. Yeah. Yes, me too. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved how she explained it because boundaries can seem kind of bitchy, which yes. that's a really bad term to use, but, um, it, it is mm-hmm. like people think, Oh, that's just someone being a hard ass over there. Like, uh, um, but that's not how it needs to be. We don't need to be mean to each other. We just need to respect each other. Exactly. And I think when you deliver it in a kind way, then it's easier for the person to respect that boundary and then you can proceed from there. And if they keep overstepping them, then that's when you start to, you know, give a consequence or whatever. You know, there are steps. But I think if you start out in that way, then I think that would probably be received pretty well. And you learn very quickly who in your life actually respects you. Mm-hmm. Because I do find that those people that aren't willing to either hear your boundary or adhere to your boundary, that's a form of disrespect. I completely agree. I completely agree. And I also think it's good to remember that how people respond to your boundaries is not your responsibility. So you set the boundary and then it's out of your hands. And if people don't respect that or respond to it, or if they're mad about it or, oh, I can't believe you're doing this. You've changed. Well, okay, I have, but this is a new boundary for me, you know? So this is another thing too. We, so I'm a nerd again. um, So I, as children, there are developmental milestones. Mm -hmm. Like your child needs to hit this and this and this by this age or else they're behind. And we expect that. Mm -hmm. But then for some reason, we become 18 and we are full of infinite wisdom and know exactly what we want to do with our lives. And we pick our career and we stay in that forever and ever and always and never change again. Wow. WTF, man. Yeah. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've never really thought about it like that, but that's so true. Yeah. We are human beings that change and grow and mold. And, and I think if, if we don't grow, 
that's a big red light, you know, why are not red light, red flag. Why? Yeah. Red light, red flag. But I think, I think growth is essential. The only constant in life is change. So, yes, yes. We are hitting so many things. Um, I wish this conversation could go on forever and ever. Um, but I'm actually going to be recording another one and need a quick break. Sure. Yeah. Um, so this was amazing, Sarah. Um, let's talk about how people can find you. I'm sure there's other people out there. Yes. To be their coach. Yes. So my website will be up soon. Probably by the time this airs, it will be up. Um, SarahTuckerHow.com. And my Instagram, I'm pretty active on Instagram. And it's at SarahTuckerHow. S-A-R-A-T-U-C-K-E-R-H-O-W-E. So that Perfect. is and my she Instagram. Has a lot of cute puppy pictures too. I do. If you're a dog person, <laughs> you will see my dog on there often. She's she's my child because I don't have children. She's my baby What's girl. Her name? her name is Tucker. She's named after me. Tucker. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Love it. yeah. I love it. Um, Sarah, we are so grateful to have you as a listener and to have you as a speaker. Um, I really see us doing great things in the future. Um, Maybe even a little workout video for our whole yes. um, MHP gang here. I would love that. I would too. So everyone, you need to follow us. Um, we are makingheadwaypodcast.com. Um, also on Instagram, there's my individual account, which is Aaron underscore Making Headway Podcast. And then there's Making Headway Podcast, just as the handle for Instagram. Um So do follow us, and we'll look forward to hearing from you next time. So this is Eric signing out. Thank you. Hey, everyone. In case you're wondering what Erin and I do for a living, it's not podcasting. I work in marketing, Erin's a nurse, and this is just a side project that we love. We really do enjoy doing this, and we've enjoyed being part of the community and building up a group of listeners. You guys probably don't even realize how much you help us out Uh, just by supporting us. If you were looking to do a little bit extra, uh, we would love to have your ratings on Apple or whichever podcasting service that you use. Or if you hear us talk about a product on the podcast, we do include those links to Amazon in our show notes on our website. Your purchase after you click on the link just gives us a tiny little kickback. Nothing much, but it helps us pay our bills. And if you were thinking, well, this isn't enough, we want to do a little bit more. On our website at www.makingheadwaypodcast.com, we have a donation page. Any proceeds we receive, we give 10% to our favorite brain injury nonprofit of the moment. So if you are looking to do a little bit more, that would be a great way to support us. Again, we appreciate you guys oh so much. Thanks so much for your time and your ongoing support. We love our listeners and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Making Headway Podcast. For more information and show notes, visit makingheadwaypodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. Check us out at Making Headway Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends. Catch you next time. All topics are intended to be used for educational and entertainment purposes only. The podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare provider for any issues or treatment considerations you may have. For our full legal terms, please see our website at makingheadwaypodcast.com. This podcast was recorded, mixed, and mastered with love at Stout Heart Studios. Sunrises.